Do you remember America Online? If you do remember that, you also probably remember the sounds of getting connected. Uh, the sound of a friend logging on and then logging off. The sound of getting an instant message. And if so, you don't need me to tell you how different the world is and how relationships have changed since then, even just compared to 10 years ago. If you would have told 12-year-old me, who, who meticulously kept his AOL profile updated, if you would have told 12-year-old me that my default communication in 2021 would be a thumbs-up emoji, 12-year-old me would have thought 2021 me was lame. Like, seriously, a thumbs-up all the time? If you would have tried to explain to me, a 12-year-old me, that memes and gifts would, would become a primary form of communication for relationships in 2020, well, <laughs> good luck. Relationships have changed so much, especially online. So we're going to talk about our relationships that happen through a screen. Why, you might ask? Well, because our manners and our behavior don't seem like they have caught up with where we are at today with technology. So we could use a refresher on some relationship guidelines that can help us. Because even with all the positives from technology and screens, especially during this pandemic, to just sort of stay connected like Church Online, uh, to see friends and family, or just in general to stay updated and connected with people. Even with all the positives from technology and screens, we have also seen a lot of destruction, a lot of fractured relationships, and ultimately, we have seen a lot of conflict happen because of social media. We have seen people rip an airline company to shreds for losing their luggage. We've seen teenagers bullied by online friends. We've seen people scam others through outrageous claims. We've seen people catfished by a guy or a girl who doesn't even exist. And in general, the worst is when we treat someone like we would never treat them face-to-face -face simply because we're behind a screen and a keyboard. That's exactly what the term keyboard courage is all about. But the most frustrating part to me is when you see someone say something hateful to someone else. And then you click on that person's profile and you see Jesus follower in the bio. Like, come on, like you're giving us all a bad name. Now, before you think that we're just gonna bash on social media and technology in this series, uh, we should point out that technology, barely any technology is like a rock. A rock can be used for good. Buildings have been built by rocks, or from rocks. Uh, rocks can protect beaches. Uh, they are used for playgrounds and to erect beautiful structures. At the same time though, we have seen things destroyed by throwing rocks. While this is a simple illustration, the rock represents so many different forms of technology. Whether it is good or bad is determined by how it is used, and fortunately, you and I get to decide how it is used. Now, before we get to what we can do to make our relationships online better, I want to thank Buckhead Church for much of the ideas behind this series. Also, I want to make sure that we all sort of understand some of the challenges and reasons why relationships are difficult online. Uh, reason number one, we weren't relationship experts before relationships moved online. I mean, relationships are difficult enough by themselves. Relationships online are even more difficult. And it wasn't like most sort of progressions along the way, where you sort of figure out how to do something difficult, and then you add another layer of complexity on top of it. We didn't figure out relationships before the internet. And then add in the complexities of being online and subtracting reason number two, we were created for relationships but online relationships make many cues and etiquette more difficult to determine and much easier to forget. That God created us for relationships, we need them. However, this new form of communication, like any new form of communication, requires us to adjust our etiquette, our manners, and our expectations, while also finding new ways to look for the social cues. 
Uh, more on that in a few weeks. The third reason that relationships online are difficult is that the line between digital and real relationships is blurry, which can cause quite a few problems. Uh, recently, Kevin, a volunteer who has put together our church online videos each week, uh, Kevin was editing the bird noise to be less distracting in one of my videos last week. He knew he was tweaking the channel for the audio frequency that should have been decreasing the bird noise, but the bird noise was actually getting louder. After a few puzzling minutes, Kevin realized the bird noise he was hearing was coming from the real baby birds just outside his window. But that illustrates an important point, that the line between digital and real relationships can be just as blurry, disorienting, and maybe even confusing. Reason number four, we use words like clothing for others to wear. Uh, this obviously isn't new, but it's important to note because of the many opportunities we have to use words like that in relationships online. We have words that we attach to people. We have words to demonize people. We have words that we just started using recently or in new and different ways. Basically, we put people in a box with our words. We sort of give them a t-shirt describing who they are. And then we look for any and every piece of evidence that affirms the t-shirt that we gave them or the box that we put them in. And we're all guilty of this to some extent. We're sort of scrolling through social media. We say things like, well, see, there he goes again, doing that thing again. Uh, that is so like her to do that. He has always been that way. And while we're all guilty of this, we are also capable of so much more. And how do I know this? Well, because every one of you loves someone who is not like you. You love certain people who at times you have a hard time enjoying being around. You have been generous to someone who isn't like you. You have sacrificed for someone who didn't live like you wanted them to live. You have taken care of a dying parent. You have sacrificed for a child that will never say thank you. You have helped out a neighbor in a time of need. Maybe you've given money to a coworker who was going through a difficult time. So why can we do this with some people, but then we struggle to do it with others? I think a lot of it is about perspective, how you and I choose to see the other person. And it starts when you see him how God sees him, when you see her how God sees her. How you see the person will determine how you treat the person. With the obvious problem about relationships online being that we usually don't literally see the other person, but if you want to change the way you feel about a person, change the way you treat them. If you want to change the way you treat a person, change the way you see them. Which starts with a deeper understanding of how God has treated you. And when I think about how God sees me, I think about one verse from a letter from Paul to the Roman Jesus followers. We're going to start off in Romans chapter 5. If you want to follow along in the Bible app, you can go to bible.com app if you don't have the app. Uh, you can also follow along with the notes and verses on the screen or in the app. Uh, we're going to start again in Romans chapter 5. And, and when Paul wrote this letter to the Roman Jesus followers, he was sort of helping them to understand how God sees them. And in turn, that helps us to see how God sees you and me. And as we're going to see, it's, it's hard to just sort of change the way you treat a person unless you really understand how God sees that person. It's hard to see another person the way that God wants you to see that person until you really understand how God sees you, or in my case, how God sees me. But this verse is going to highlight how staggering it is what God has done for us. This verse also helps us to understand the reason that he did what he did for us because of how he sees us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
there are a few words that we're going to highlight from this verse. The, the first being the idea of showed or demonstrates. Basically it means that God's love is active. That during, during Jesus' death, he would take on humiliation, shame, physical pain, beatings, the crown of thorns, and the nails in his wrists and his feet. So God's love was not passive, but active. And the best kind of love is not just spoken or stated. No, the best kind of love is demonstrated or shown. It's sort of why the phrase thoughts and prayers has, has almost become a sad joke right now. Because so many of us have gotten tired of hearing that. Yeah, 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 thoughts and prayers are great. But what are you doing to help me and to show your love? It, it's fine that you express that, but I want to know how you're demonstrating love. Uh, not just what you feel or say. And Paul tells us that Jesus didn't just feel love for us, but this is what Jesus actually did for us. The next phrase is, while we were still sinners. That, that God knew that there would be times when we would not accept his love. He knew that we might actually reject his sacrifice. He knew that some might never say thank you. And he knew that many of us would still go on our own way. And he knew that we might not treat each other as, as well as he asked us to treat them. And even still, he showed his great love for us. Why? Because he loves us and we are his daughters and sons. Uh, for me as a parent, my wife and I have two elementary age children. Uh, I try not to lose my temper with them. But I get the angriest when I see one of them mistreating the other. And it can be very hard for me to stay calm in that moment. And their misbehavior is a big part of it. But even more so, I get upset because of who they are mistreating. Like, you're taking advantage of, you're hurting, you're picking on one of my kids. Well, yeah, but Dad, I'm also one of your kids. Well, yes, you are, but you are the one hurting one of my kids. And me as an imperfect and decent on my best day, good parent. Don't you think a perfect Heavenly Father feels something similar when one of his children are mistreated? Do you think it makes him angry when he sees one of his, one of us rather, mistreating one of his other kids who he also sent Jesus to die for? So let me make it personal for you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, that is how God sees you. He sees you as his daughter or son. And he wants you and he wants me to have that same perspective. He wants you and me to let that same perspective inform the way that we treat each other. So guideline or commitment number one, I will treat every person as someone Jesus died for because they are and he did. And I think that is a guideline or commitment that really could change our relationships online if we can actually remember that. Uh, to sort of understand how powerful this is, I, I want to take a look at Jesus, or a scene out of Jesus' life because Jesus obviously modeled this from the cross, but he also modeled this in the way that he interacted with people when he was eyeball to eyeball with them. Toward the end of Jesus' life, just before his crucifixion, uh, Jesus was arrested and put on trial. And he's standing before Pilate, a ruler who's sort of allowing a Jewish tradition involving the crowd. And he basically would allow the crowd to choose between two prisoners. Which one do you want released, he would ask the crowd. Matthew records this for us in chapter 27. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas? or Jesus, who is called the Messiah. That basically, Pilate puts Jesus of Nazareth and Barabbas in front of the crowd and asks them what they want. And now, we don't know too much about Barabbas, but he was probably arrested a few times uh, because he was described as notorious. And again, Pilate asks the crowd, which one do you want me to release? Do you want Jesus, the one who healed your sick and brought life? Or do you want Barabbas, who in some way sort of took life from people? Verse 21, the crowd shouted back, Barabbas. So Pilate's going to do what the crowd is requesting, uh, releasing Barabbas instead of Jesus. But in this moment, Jesus was doing for Barabbas 
what it would do for every single one of us. Jesus was taking the place of Barabbas. And even though Jesus was the perfect one who had done no wrong, and yet Barabbas was just like every single one of us, who had committed some sort of act that he couldn't take back. And Jesus willingly took Barabbas' place, and in some ways taking on your blame and my blame and guilt and shame and, and sort of letting us go free. And Pilate released Barabbas, and Jesus went along with all of it, even though he didn't have to. Now, why would Jesus do that? Because he loved Barabbas. And how do I know that? Because Jesus came for Barabbas to show his great love while he was still a sinner, and Jesus died for him, and for thieves, and criminals, and self-righteous know-it-alls, and everyone in between. That Jesus went along with all of this because he loved Barabbas. He loves you, and he loves me. That Jesus knew everything about Barabbas, but yet we don't know too much about Barabbas' story, which is exactly why this guideline and commitment is so important. When we look into someone else's eyes, we don't know their whole story either. We don't know what is behind their story. And then for relationships online, we don't even really get the chance to look them in the eye. Now, coming up in the series, we're going to talk about empathy and seeing life through others' perspective and sort of understanding more of their story. But for now, to be able to change the way that we treat people, we need to change the way that we see them, which is also why this guideline and commitment is so powerful. I will treat every person as someone Jesus died for because they are, and he did. Now, this first message is not really filled with tangible things you can go and do. But for you and I to feel differently about someone and treat someone differently, it begins by seeing them differently. It begins by seeing them the way that God sees them. It begins by God changing our hearts about how we feel about that person. That Jesus was pretty clear. Love as I have loved you. Forgive as I have forgiven you. Show mercy as I have shown mercy to you. However, it can be really difficult to do that, especially in relationships online. Unless we sort of run into the Savior who has done this for us as well, who, who's loved us, who's forgiven us, who's shown us mercy. It actually almost seems impossible for me unless I'm being led by Jesus and God's Spirit in me to be able to see that person the way that God sees them. But if you allow God to work in your life in this way, you will experience what it is like to reflect the image of God, both in you and the image of God you see in the other person. That I will treat every person as someone Jesus died for, because they are and he did. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus' example, his demonstration of actually showing us what love really is, and showing us how we should treat other people, and showing us that you value other people. So Jesus, would you help us to see other people the same way that you see them, as someone that you died for, and that, that are your children. So God, would you help us to know what to do with this? Would you give us the wisdom to know how we need to adjust our lives online and our relationships and how we treat people online? And would you help us to know how we need to adjust our in-person relationships to see everyone, including the people that bother us, including the people that annoy us, as someone that you died for? Because you did and they are. So God, would you give us the courage to actually do that? Would you help us to change our behavior and change our attitude online? Would you help us to reflect you, Jesus? It's in his name we pray. Amen.